This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers at Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Franchise Friday. We made every mistake in the book so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, so on today's episodes, we're, we're going to be discussing the technology takeover and what it means for your business. We've got Danny Horbachuk as a guest today. He's one of our New York solutionists. What's up, Danny? What's going on? I put my pants on today for this. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> well, we're not going to make you prove it, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so um, basically, we're dealing with a lot of different things right now, and, and um, you know, COVID-19 still has uh, most of the country shut down. And as far as technology, um, we're kind of looking at like, what has this done and what does this mean um, for us and for a business and especially a small business and in sales. Kind of one of the things that we all hear and if we, any of you have watched science fiction movies, you know, since you were a kid, like most of us, you know, every time, like, it's funny, you watch a movie that was made in the 70s, you're like, by the 90s, computers are going to take over the world and flying cars. Uh, it's amazing um, how we're getting closer and closer and technology is taking over. It just quite hasn't the way we, we thought, but what have you seen in, in, in maybe even our industries? What, you know, what kind of technology is taking over? Well, for us, I mean, uh, one of the biggest things is using, um, using tablets on uh, appointments and sending estimates via email. Um, that, that's a big difference over what we're seeing with our competition a lot of whom are still using um, paper. You know, they're writing numbers on business cards, they're writing paper receipts out. Uh, there's some other companies that seem to be, you know, in the same realm that we're doing, but I don't think anybody's at the level that we're doing it at yet as far as uh, dealing with the CRMs and stuff like that, like we are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was talking to a buddy recently and he was in um, uh, construction robotics. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And uh, they're basically building these machines that could make um, big buildings. Like they can lay brick so fast. This thing just goes down the line and it would just start building it, you know, window openings and all. So we are starting to see like in some of the major construction, um, some big machinery and things and robots um, that can do some of the work. But what's interesting about that kind of stuff is that, yeah, that might replace some of the workers there, but it also opens up an entire, another arm of, of programming and technology, and you still need people to ship the product, load the product. They can't do all that by themselves. Um, but also, a lot of us have gone remote. Uh, any kind of remote uh, workers, I mean, that's not something that we've thought, you know, most people haven't thought about a lot. Yeah, we actually started using it when uh, you know, the whole corona thing hit with sales, it was uh, one of our biggest concerns was how do you, how do you still give the same feeling to a client as showing up and talking to them and bonding rapport when you're there? How do you do that remotely? And um, it's been, it's been a, a learning process for sure, but we seem to have kind of clicked on some, on some, uh, some things at work. And I think a lot of it's due to the fact that people are willing right now, you know, had there not been a Corona and we tried to switch to that process, I don't think it would have went over as well. But I think due to the, the situation where we don't really have a choice, people are a lot more understanding and willing to, uh, 
you know, to try to adapt to things like that. And it's, it's been good. Like I said, it's still a learning curve. We're working out details and trying to figure out, you know, how to refine it and make it better. But um, we've been, uh, we've been doing pretty well with it. Yeah, for sure. So um, let me think the other thing that, um, so what, what I've noticed is uh, it's almost done us a little bit of a favor for a while we have combated people that don't want to meet, right? They're just like, whether they don't see the value in meeting, like, can't you just come? It's just gutters. What's the big deal to people that sincerely, you know, can't or don't want to meet because they work in the city. And by the time they get home, they don't really want to spend time with us. They want to spend time with their family. Um, In some way, I think this helped us. um, This new, this new program to most people called zoom um, it's now like your mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers, like everybody has, I think, gotten a taste of using this technology. So this has possibly, I think, helped us, you know, um, go into that, right? Yeah, it has. I mean, typically a lot of the younger generation are the ones that are like, do I really have to meet? You know, it's, it's just gutters. It's just this, it's just that. Um, and a lot of those people we've been using uh, FaceTime with for, for a little while anyway. So that whole generation, the younger generation is um, more adept at it and they're more willing to, to go that route. Um, but a lot of times what we find too is that, especially on a, a full job like that, myself and, and Mario as well, especially Mario, um, you go out there and you do the estimate, you don't meet with somebody, you FaceTime, and then you end up with a, a next step agreement anyway. It's almost like they're using the, that first step as kind of qualifying you, you know, before they actually meet with you. So it, it's still important to, to stay in communication with them. You know, you can't just email them something, FaceTime them quick, email them, go over and, and walk away from it. Because a lot of times it, it still needs that additional step of going out there and meeting with them and discussing exactly what's going to happen. Um, so it, it's still, it's a mix of old and new, you know, from the way I see it. Do you see that there's uh, going forward for the future? Do you think there's going to be less of a mix of old and new and more of the new? Um, I think as, as the younger generation grows and gets older, I think you will see more of the, the newer style taking over because that's, that's the way they, that's the way they deal with things. I mean, let's look at the generation in in school right now. They're going through learning from home. You know, one of their biggest social interactions has now been taken away. So it's kind of almost training them on how to deal with people remotely. You know, they're handling all their classrooms and everything remotely. So I do think that, this whole situation is kind of setting up for a change in the futures as to the way people interact. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Now, how do you, I mean, as a salesperson, um, this is, this is probably the most challenging people, you know, before this, some people are not wanting to meet and, and the whole thing about being in sales and home sales is, is getting to meet people to truly go through a sales process, uncover what they need. And I think for the most part, people, even Amazon like has tried to commoditize the service-based industries, at least in construction, like, well, I mean, we can measure from outer space. We can do a lot from a picture. You know, I think Ken was kind of uh, asking this at the same time, but how do we, you know, what scares you about that or what, what do you want to embrace? Um, well, a lot of the, uh, a lot, I, personally, I, I just like meeting people, you know, I like talking to people face-to-face meeting people, so you lose, you lose a bit of that. I mean, there's, you know, you go to somebody's house and they have a cool car in the driveway or, you know, 
or they have the same type of dog as you. You walk in the house, they have guitars or they have something, something that I would find to bond with. That's all been stripped away. You know, yeah. I don't have the option of, of spotting something on the property or in the house that I, you know, we have in common. So there is none of that anymore. On the flip side, the appointments that we are seeing right now are, um, you're not getting any tire kickers right now. Somebody that's maybe thinking about gutters does not want anybody at their house during a time like this. So the, the leads that you are getting and the people that you are talking to are very serious. So what we're finding is that, you know, if you do spend the right amount of time with them um, remotely, you know, discussing everything and you got to be very, very detailed right now in everything. You know, we're detailing the photographs heavily. We're detailing the notes heavily. We're talking to them about all kinds of stuff. So if you can do that, we've been uh, we've been winning on that level. Whereas, you know, a lot of our competition, they're not, uh, they're, they're still doing, they're still doing what they do. Instead of handing them a business card, now they're leaving a message that says, oh, it's just, you know, Joe's gutters, it's $2,000. Like, you know, so there's, uh, we're still bonding to some level, just not what we would like to. Hmm. So do you fear that, you know, let's just say all of a sudden it had to be a hundred percent technology and we're no longer meeting with people. Do you feel that that, um, that, that ends up making everything just be about price? Um, does it just drive it down? <coughs> um, I don't think so. I mean, we're still, like you said, we're still winning. You know, we're still out there closing, closing work. We're still hitting numbers. So I think um, you, can still, you can still show value in a well-done digital estimate, you know, with the photographs, with the notes, with the discussions you do have before building the estimate. You can still build a lot of value there. I mean, something we've always said is, you know, who better not to meet than us? You know, mm. we're, our competition, listen, if our competition was able to go out and meet with the homeowners every time and we had to do it remotely every time, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But as the playing field is still even, so we're still light years ahead. Hmm. You said something huge. Who better to not meet than us? Can you just elaborate on that? Why? Um, well, we, we've been talking about this for a while, and it, it all started with, you know, um, one of the solutionists concerned about not being able to, you know, having the, uh, the no meat or the vegan appointments, as we call them, um, <laughs> where you go there and, and the homeowner won't meet with you or they're not available, you know, and his concern at the time was, I'm, you know, I'm not going to close as well if I can't meet the person. And my thought on that was, listen, if they're not going to meet with you, they're not going to meet with your competition either. It's not a priority for them to meet. So they're going to do this across the board the whole who better not to meet than us is goes back to what we talked about earlier, where you have customer or um, competitors dropping off uh, a business card with a number written in pencil on the back with, you know, ketchup stains on the card, you know, or a piece of paper that's got a coffee stain on it. And, you know, it says a name and a number and, you know, that's it. Whereas when we, we still treat that estimate, like we do every other estimate, if, if not more detail, you know, we're drawing on photos, we're sending a, a digital estimate with all our information, what we're using. It's got our insurance information in it, our contact information in it. It shows pictures of the home. You know, we can even go in detail drawing with a diagram on the photos rather where the downspouts are going to go, anything they're going to change. There's just a ton of detail in there. So when the homeowner sits down and they look at two pieces of paper and then they look at this printout of a digital estimate with photographs, notes, insurance, that goes back to the who better not to meet than us, you know, and it just, it, it gives us a ton of uh, weight on our end. When the homeowner calls and says, well, you know, so-and-so came in at this price. Well, okay. You know, what was in their estimate? Well, mm -hmm. he didn't give me an estimate. He just told me a price. 
okay, you know, what size gutter is he using? Uh, six inch. Are you sure? Mm, I think so. Okay, what gauge gutter was it? Is it 032? Yeah, same as yours. Are you sure? I think so. Well, how do you know? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, there's just, it leaves a lot, um, a lot of doubt in their mind. So the more stuff like that that we can do on our end, it goes back to who better not to meet than us. So to sum that up, basically, if, if, it's, uh, if everything is equal and we can meet with somebody face-to-face and our competition can, we have to provide so much value to that experience and knowledge and everything else um, to outshine them in that scenario. And now if all things are created equal and neither one of us can go, we have to make it the most comprehensive, best possible proposal um, and actually try and do that bond and rapport because, you know, we know that. I mean, it's a fact people buy from people they like. If you don't give, if there's no opportunity to get them to like us and two pieces of paper show up in an email and one says a thousand and one says 1500, they're going to go, oh, thousand, unless we can differentiate, yeah. correct? Yep. You, the one thing though, you did say that we have to, I don't look at it as a, we have to go out and do this. We get to go out and do this. You know, we get to go out and meet them. We get to, and I think that's what kind of separates us is a lot of the competition goes out there with the, we have to do this type mentality. And for us, it's more of a, we get to show you how great we are because we do the X, Y, and Z, you know, whereas with a lot of the competition, they're not offering that up. So the homeowner has to chase down answers to their questions where we're offering that up before it even gets asked. So the future is, in, is, uh, is still uncertain with this whole COVID thing. Uh, we do know that New York is shut down till May, uh, May 15th. Do you, do you feel that people are going to start getting more and more comfortable as this continues? And they're going to start wanting to do uh, more of these Zoom calls and more of these uh, FaceTime calls uh, for the future? Or do you think things are going to get back to the way they were before? Or do you think that um, it's, this whole thing is, cha- is a game changer as far as how we're going to be interacting uh, going forward with people? I think it's going to be split along, you know, uh, again, I think it's going to be split along age lines. I think that the younger generation is, is just confirming what they've always done with the older generation. I think the whole zoom thing, it's kind of neat for them, you know, and they're playing with it, but it's going to be like anything else, you know, MP3s came out and they're still around and it's still going to work and the younger generation uses them, but there's still a lot of people that are going back to, to records. You know, they enjoy something about it. There's something, something real about that to them. And I think you're going to see that with, with these estimates as well. You're going to have people, like I said, Zoom is exciting. It's new for some people because they've never used it. They've never done anything on that type of platform. They're going to get bored with it. They're going to, you know, the people that, that are used to interaction are going to want interaction because that's, that's normal to them, you know? And when you take that away from them for a while, it can be exciting and new, but they're going to want to go back to what they know and what they're comfortable with. That's just my thing. Now, do you foresee in the future, let's fast forward, uh, I don't know, a year from now, do you think like people will have on their websites or even us, you know, book a virtual estimate or book an in-person? I mean, are we given choices at this point? Or are we going to try and continue to lean towards that in-person? And I don't know, but what, do you, what do you picture there? Um, I think, uh, you know, I guess I'm part of the older generation now. Um, and I think that I still prefer the in-person, but I think the option would be nice, but I don't know that I would personally offer it as an option yet available for selection, more of a, an option of, you know, when the homeowner says, Oh, I can't be there to meet with you. Oh, okay. Then you should take advantage of our virtual appointment. You know, not so much as an option, but more of a plan B, 
you know, if, if somebody can't with meet with you and kind of take it in steps as, uh, as it moves on. Cause it's still, there's still something to be said for that in-person appointment. You know, you can get all your measurements from satellite. You can get photographs from the home, from the homeowner. You can get them from Zillow, from realtor.com. You can find photos everywhere, but you, it's still very easy to miss issues that you may not be able to see in those photos. And let's face it, the homeowner's calling you out there because they don't know what the problem is. So a lot of times you just need to be there to lay eyes on it and talk with them when they're there. So it's, uh, I think it's still very important to have somebody there to, to go over with. That being said, that it may not be my choice in the future. You know, it's going to be <laughs> up to what the, the market dictates and we just got to do what we've always done. We just got to adapt and, and uh, adapt and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I would also maybe add to that too. It's, it's good to plan for both, right? Absolutely. You know, we, we already know what face-to-face looks like. And just to be ahead of the curve, it's good to have the technology down and, and the people trained uh, on your team uh, to be able to handle that too. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like we're playing football here. We have to prepare for, for, for offense and defense. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we have to do a little bit of both, it seems. Um, so that's good stuff. You know, that's one of the things too that we've – always train, you know, since I've been here, we train all the new salespeople on, like you said, you have to, uh, offense and defense, you know, you'll get called out to a house and they'll call you for a specific problem. And, you know, Oh, it's just the front gutter. I've always gotten into the habit of measuring everything and taking notes on everything. And that's come in handy quite a few times with this, uh, this whole pandemic where people call up and it's a past customer, you know, and, Oh, we did the front gutters on the house. Now they're having a problem with the rear gutter. Well, it's fantastic because when I was there a year ago and we did the front cutter, I actually took all the measurements. I took the notes and I know what's going on back there already. So just being, you know, try to be prepared at all times anyway, you know, always mm. plan going to be another pandemic and, you know, you'll be ready for it if it ever happens again. Right. Yeah. One of the seven habits of Stephen Covey, right? Be proactive. Mm-hmm. That's great. So since we're talking about technology, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the technology that we have as a franchise that really helped us be ready for this. Um, So because we answer all the phone calls for all of the locations across the United States, um, years ago, you know, we we, we ran scenarios of nothing like this, obviously, but what if the power goes out? Oh crap, we need a backup generator. You know, what if the internet goes down? Oh, we need mobile hotspots then. So all of this stuff that we've pre-worked for years Um, what was really cool is that we were able to, in an instant, um, mobilize and have everybody work from home that obviously is not installing the gutters, but basically sales, the contact center, marketing, admin immediately, um, was able to work from home. And what was really cool about this is, is, a I think it was last year, possibly the year before we made a switch. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit about when you, when you change something how 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 um quick are people to adapt and embrace change especially in a franchise but we went with um i'm probably mislabeling it but we went with like the professional microsoft suite you know and with our it guy basically everybody logs in through this email and then you have to get an activation number to your cell phone and you make sure authenticate and it's a little annoying but what's so amazing is does it matter what computer you're on, whether you're at work or home or you have to go to a friend's house and hop on a computer. As soon as you log in, you've got everything. So I'll tell you that saved our butts um, because every, as, as you know, when this thing came, 
came crashing down, it was you, you basically had a couple days to make some decisions. And if we didn't have that technology in place, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine what that would have meant for our franchisees and our clients um, uh, for us to not be able to respond. So that was uh, really cool, as well as the voiceover, IP phones, everything's networked. So it, just like that. Um, and when once we had to mobilize, we did send our um, staff home. We did give them some of the work computers or, or stations um, and the phones to take home. But um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool that, that we were ahead of the curve because we were worried about snow days. We were worried about power failures and things like that. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I always loved. Even when this thing hit, I remember, you know, we were kind of watching as it was, uh, it was starting to, I won't say take hold, but it was starting to affect the West Coast. And I remember we started having conversations, you know, talking to, you know, to Kevin, getting a hold of me, you know, from marketing, talking to me on a Sunday night with questions. And then literally Monday morning, you and I were talking about it. By Tuesday, there was already plans in, in place and it really hadn't affected New York dramatically at that, at that point at all. I mean, it was, there was a handful of cases in New York city, but uh, you know, we had already had plans in place and, and how we were going to handle this. And, and thank God we did take that time because once it hit New York city, it spread unbelievably fast, you know, and, and fortunately we had had stuff in place and we were ready for it the best we could be. Yeah, no, that's cool. And Ken, you've, you've worked remotely now for what, almost two years, right? Tell us what that's like, what technology you're using and stuff. Well, I'm, you know, basically I can run everything from biz, the business from this right here, my iPhone. Um, you know, right now I'm on my laptop, but most of the time I'm on my phone. Um, and, and it's just, uh, you know, basically for my role, it's just communication and um, just being in front of people, uh, following up. Um, but yeah, I mean, my technology is pretty simple. It's text call or email. I would say I do mostly, probably mostly calling and, 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 and texting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really come down to, you know, I, I never imagined when I first started this business or even five years ago that the gutter business would have so much technology involved in it. Uh, it's certainly, uh, it, it just becomes, uh, is becoming more and more important uh, to uh, having a successful business. And the more that you're, um, you know, ahead of the curve on all these different things, um, it just, it, it definitely makes business easier, but there's definitely some times that I really want to take this thing and throw it across the room. <laughs> I, I call it phone rage. Um, have you guys ever had phone rage? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Ken, can I, I don't break I, at least I, I got it pretty under control after going to uh, you know phone rage therapy. I haven't <laughs> broken a phone in a, in, a, in several years, but yeah. When remember when you used to have the next tells that used to beep all the time mm -hmm. those flip phones. I'm literally laughing right so, now. It was yeah. so. It was just so awesome the feeling that you would get when you could just take that thing in your hands and just stop it like you're just you know, break it in half. It was just one of the best feelings in the world. These are, you know, I couldn't imagine this be a little bit tougher to break, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, technology has been very good uh, for me being able to work remotely, uh, which I never thought would ever been able to happen, especially, you know, starting on a truck. <laughs> That's how I started as an apprentice uh, 21 years ago. So 
Um, I think that the, what I'm seeing is that in the gutter industry, it's, it's going to continue to advance technologically. I think um, a lot of things are going to happen uh, d differently, especially as a result of this. I think this whole COVID thing has definitely catapulted us forward faster when it comes to it. But that's one thing that's really important in business is that you got to play out these scenarios in your head. And I think that's one thing that we do really well here is that we plan uh, around everything, uh, marketing, technology, uh, all the things that we've done with our call center and making it easier for our franchisees to be able to interact seamlessly with their clients and with their employees. And I couldn't imagine if we didn't have all this technology and the things that we have place and the people that we have in place, uh, business would be pretty miserable, I, I, I would think, if I thought of it in us in a different situation, especially if we were still not using technology and using paper, uh, it, would be, it would be a mess. We'd be dead. Uh, and it was a mess. It was a mess 10 years ago when we were doing it. Um, so I, I can't imagine being in business today and still operating at that kind of level and dealing with that kind of stress. Uh, this is uh, much easier uh, to deal with stuff here. And what's cool about technology is that it keeps, even though we're not able to be face-to-face, -face, I feel like in my role, and to answer your question, I've been able to stay very contact in contact. I mean, me and Danny talk on a very regular basis. And it's like, you know, it's not the same as being there in the same room. And I love that being able to come back to New York to corporate to see everybody. Um, but as far as from a business standpoint, I think that it, we haven't skipped the beat or I haven't been skipped the beat when it comes to my role in the company and um, how I interact with everybody in the team, I feel still works just as well, or maybe even better, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with the way things are here. And I think that that's good because if we can have people uh, be able to work remotely, I think that's just another feather in the cap of, of being flexible and uh, being able to, to, to be able to um, handle things when problems come up like this, uh, you're able to, and you're able to adapt very quickly uh, when you're ahead of the curve on that. Absolutely. That's good. So one more piece of technology I wanted to talk about, and then Danny, we're going to dive a little bit into your sales process. Um, you recently started using a drone on some of your, your estimates. And while everyone, you know, thinks, holy crap, that's awesome. I'm going to go buy a drone and do that immediately. Um, you found out quickly it's, 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 it is, and it isn't as simple as that. Yeah. Um, well, it first is, tell us why you wanted to do it and then tell us how you had to go about doing it. Well, you know, we were, we would have uh, our, our sales meetings every week and um, the head of the production department, Joe would come in and we'd talk about things and we were finding a lot of the problems with callbacks were stuff that we couldn't see from the ground when we were doing estimates. You wouldn't be able to see like there was a section, there was no drip edge, you know, or if you couldn't tell there was a section of rotted fascia board, it looked okay from below, but when they got above it, you know, said if you could have saw it from up there, it was really evident. Um, the other thing I love using it for is the the homeowner, and, and we've all had these people and we're like, oh, no, no, those trees are nowhere near my house. I won't get any leaves in my gutters, you know, and the tree is 18 feet away from the house and it's 150 feet tall. <laughs> so um, the drone is fantastic for that because, you know, I can literally hand them my iPad, send the drone up and show them everything in the gutters. And, you know, their jaw hits the ground like, that's in my gutter. I'm like, yeah, that's the drone right above your house. 
you know. Um, so I, I like it for that. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, we when we originally talked about it, you know, Ryan, you had the drone and you're like, oh, I have one. This is great. So I'm like, all right, awesome. And I tend to research things to death. So instantly I went on online that night and I went, oh, wait a minute. This is not as easy as just going out and sending the drone up over somebody's house. Um, for business and, and they're getting to the point where you're going to need it for recreational as well. You need to apply for an FAA license. You need to take a test and you need to become a licensed FAA. It's a FAA part 107 pilot for commercial drone. Um, so it was a lot more intense than I thought it was going to be. I figured, you know, we just walk out, throw this thing on the ground, send it up in the air, take some pictures and we're out of there. Mm. Um, it ended up being, you know, I took some classes on it, uh, some flight training, I took some classroom time on it and studied for, for weeks to take this test. And uh, it is an actual, it's an FAA pilot's test. I mean, I had to learn about, you know, airspace around uh, airports and stuff like that, where you can fly, where you can't fly, what the restrictions are. And so many people out there aren't aware of what these restrictions are, but the fines can be tremendous, especially if you're using it in a, in a commercial world without your, uh, without your license. And like I said, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, a revised test for um, basically, you know, just anybody that wants to fly one, not commercially, they're going to be required to take some testing at some point too, because these things are, they're fun and they're, you know, they're a toy to some degree, but they're not, I mean, they're a toy that can cause a lot of problems if they're not used correctly. And unfortunately a lot of people can run into Walmart or Best Buy and buy one of these things. And, you know, then they see an airplane flying by and they send this thing up there to wave to the pilot. You know, you, you got to, uh, you know, you got to know what the rules are and what you can and what you can't do. And it wow. took a while through that, but it was, it was great. And I'll tell you what, clients love it. You know, when you ask them like, Hey, listen, you know, I, can I send the drone up? And they're like, wait, can you do what? You know? So right away, suddenly now they're involved. Now they're right over your shoulder. They're looking at the photos they're checking everything out. They, they love it, you know, and it does exactly what we thought it would do. I mean, the very first appointment I took that drone out on, you know, there were some questions about debris in the gutter and, and heat cable and stuff like that. And literally, I was the third or fourth uh, gutter person there to estimate this. And I was the one that left with the deal, you know, wow. and a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, people were saying, well, it could be this or it could be that. I was able to send up the drone and go, all right, it's definitely this and this is what we're going to do, you know, and that turned into uh, turned into us getting the deal. And it was an older gentleman who was infatuated with the whole visual of it. Come to find out his son, who was in his, you know, I'd say mid-50s, was there as well and also flies a drone. So he was kind of overseeing everything and he was asking a lot of questions. And one of the first questions he asked, he's like, do you have a license to fly this? You know, so there's uh, people are out there, you know, looking into it. So if you are going to use the technology, just do it right. You know, it's yeah. definitely That's awesome. Now, do you have any idea of how much that fine is? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that would have done exactly what I did. I got a nice drone. It's not, you know, the best in the world, but it's nice. And I would have literally just started doing it. I don't remember the exact number. I know it was in the thousands though. It's not like a $200 fine. It's, it was in the thousands. If you get caught flying without the, the license. Wow. It is, awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to get caught because they can track all these drones as well. Yeah. Right. Yep. The, uh, the drone I use is uh, from DJI and to actually fly the drone, you have to log in through their system. So they're tracking everything you do. So not only if somebody stops you, if they visually see you doing something wrong, it's, there's a, a record of everything. 
you know, if you, for example, if I'm working near an airport, I have an app where I actually have to contact a flight control and let them know I'm working in the area and see if I can get a clearance to work there. So they'll ask you, okay, what time do you need it for? And what ceiling are you working up to? So you can write back, I'll need it for between one and two o'clock and I need a ceiling of 150 feet. They'll give you an instant approval. But if I ask for 150 feet and I go up to 175 feet, now there's a digital record that I went beyond what I was allowed to do legally. So there got to be very careful what you do, you know? Um, and you hear people all the time, like, Oh, I was just messing around. I just, you know, I just blew over that road for, for the heck of it. You know, nobody got hurt. Okay. But you broke the law and it's, you know, they can track that now it's, it's all in your app. So I want to talk a little, we've talked a lot about the technology and then I just really want to talk about how we kind of tie it all in, um, from everything from the Microsoft suite, the voice over IP phones, uh, digital estimates, drones. So we're going to kind of bring all that in on how, how we do it. But before we do that, I kind of want to take you down the path of what it used to be like. Um, I mean, it's insane what we went through, but we, we basically knew we could not franchise this business until we went paperless um, and until we simplified our process. So just to give you an idea, and it wasn't that many years ago, but there was a point. Um, I mean, if we go all the way back to the beginning, it's crazy, but let's just say- no, let's not go there. Yeah, let's just say in the- <laughs> Writing estimates on a piece of cardboard you ripped off a downspout box is really not good <laughs> reflection of who we are today. Yeah. He, he was the guy that would give the person a, a price on the back of a business card um, in the beginning, but everything evolved. And then eventually it went up to one of those carbon copy forms that you get at Staples and then so on and so on. But what we did when we were actually a good company, like we had a process, somebody would call up and we would literally put the estimate on Google um, Calendar, all right? And then we would have to put the client in um, QuickBooks. And then I believe we also had to put them in another um, CRM because they didn't talk to each other. And then we had an editable PDF because we were, you know, or a PDF that we would print of where we would draw our diagram. We had four points of data entry from the first client phone call. And the sales team used to have to come to the office every single day to pick up their paperwork. They'd get, they'd go to their box and it would say Monday's estimates and they'd grab them and they'd put them on their clipboard and then they'd have to go out, measure, put it on that piece of paper, write a contract, give the customer the carbon copy and then go do the rest of their appointments. Um, and then they'd have to bring them back and say, so when they brought back their estimates, somebody in the office had to now enter in all the data into those couple programs. It was a huge um, undertaking, but it was a good process for the client. They didn't know all that. They called, they got an estimate. Um, the only problem was, and Danny, you, you, you would, you would uh, hate this. Imagine that you have, some days you have what? Anywhere between six and 10 estimates to do. Imagine that if on Monday, every day you'd have to come back to the office, but also, you know, let's just say you leave the house and someone said, you know, I got to think about it. And then they didn't want to think about it. They said, you know what? I like Danny. He's amazing. And they call up the office and said, I'm ready to go ahead. Do you know that we couldn't book that work until we got the paperwork back? And sometimes it would be days before a solutionist could get back to the office and submit their paperwork. So we'd literally have to tell a client, all right, Yep, I know he was out there yesterday or the day before. He just hasn't been able to come back yet. As soon as we have your paperwork, we can process all of this. It was insane. So that was just a little bit of a taste of when it was actually good. Um, 
you know, and kind of we went back to when it was, you know, awesome. But all right, so Danny, kind of what's our process, you know, focus on the technology. What's our process now? Well, I mean, the, the technology side of it is we're, we're using tablets now, you know, so you're going out there, you're photographing everything, you're getting your measurements, we're entering everything into the tablets to CRM. And uh, it just, it cleans everything up. You know, it really, it gives them an instant estimate, you know. Um, I mean, a lot of times they have the estimate in their email before you go back to the door to, to talk about it with them. So everything is much, uh, it's instant. It's right then and there, it's done. Um, as far as technology too, I love the technology as far as for uh, commercial work too. You know, you can do a lot of that stuff remotely now. So it's really the way you used to do things, it just kind of dragged on. Whereas now everything's much quicker, much more focused. It's cleaned up tremendously. Um, and it just puts us on another playing field because a lot of our competitors are still doing it the way they're just getting to the point where you guys were, you know, when you moved away from the cardboard box and into the, you know, the receipts yeah. from Staples. Yeah. So it definitely, like I said, it cleans it up, makes it a lot easier um, on the salespeople, on the office and on the, the customer as well. And how cool that when you have, a, um, let's just say your job's getting produced today that you looked at three months ago and the guys call up, you know, and they're like, I don't understand what he wants us to do here. What does that look like? Oh, it, it's great. I mean, I can literally just jump back in again, you know, cause I'll get calls on stuff where they'll have a question. And after the first probably three months, everything became a blur as far as clients, you know, in the first three months, I could remember off the top of my head, oh, Mrs. Smith, yeah, she was the one with the red gutters, the downspouts moving over. Yeah, that's gone. Now it's, it's just all one big blur. So typically, though, when you jump back in to your estimate, you, can, you see all your photos, you see your notes, you see your diagrams, and you can help the crew instantly. You know, it literally, it's just a matter of logging into, uh, into the CRM and finding who the client was, looking it up, looking at the photographs, and going over it with the crew on site. And it's, uh, it's quick, very quick. That's awesome. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of people, I remember back when the iPads came out, everybody felt like if they could get an iPad for business, their problems would be solved. And what I found is that didn't solve the problem. It actually made it worse if you didn't know how to use it. So it basically, we just, we just made a digital mess instead of a paper mess because now we had an iPad. So now we had pictures saved over here. The pictures were on the iPad that we had to now email ourselves or the client because the actual bid was still on a piece of paper. And then before you know it, we've got pictures somewhere, we've got you know, uh, the contract somewhere else. Um, we were very much ahead of that curve. We knew getting iPads didn't solve it. It was the right piece of software. So for any of you guys that are looking for the right piece of software, you want everything in the, right, in the same place. You don't wanna to have to have pictures over here and the, 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 the scope of the work over here and the diagram over there. You wanna be able to have something that's all in one spot that everybody can see um, so that you're not making a digital mess. There's nothing worse than that, um, having it everywhere. I'd rather have a, a paperwork mess. At least I can organize that. <laughs> so, all right, so that's awesome. Um, and then basically the biggest change, you know, during this crisis has been what? Just, you know, getting the photos from the client and then basically trying to have a Zoom or a fa like some sort of calling back and forth yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot. Of, we're trying to work as much as we can remotely just due to uh, there's a lot of gray area in what we're seeing with New York State's um, laws and what they pass. So we're we're trying to do the right thing, trying to work as remote as possible. Um, one of the biggest issues 
is when you're trying to get um trying to get photos especially from the clients they're you don't always get them quick you know um i talked to mario one of the other salespeople here and he's like yeah he goes i'm I'm calling people now, not so much for follow-up. I'm calling for follow-up to get photos. You know, I'm not calling to close deals. I'm calling so I can finish the estimate now. Um, so we're using some technology. Like I said, uh, whenever we can, we're using satellite uh, mapping to, to measure houses. Um, and we're jumping on different websites to see if we can find photos of the houses. But a lot of times they're just not available. So mm. you're, you're relying on the client to, uh, to text you or to email you and, you know, yeah. unfortunately, sometimes when you hit older clients, they're like, well, I don't really know how to do that. You know, mm-hmm. well, you phone and uh, all right. Well, when I go outside with my phone, what number do I dial? No, no, no. You take a picture. You know, <laughs> it's not always as uh, as clear cut with uh, with the older generation. At times, it can be a little bit of a struggle. Do you feel, Danny, that the response time is super even more important now than it ever has been? Because it seems to me, especially this is how I operate. When something's wrong and is happening to me, right, which gutters happen to people, they don't yep. just wake up and decide, oh, I want to get some new gutters today. You know, it, it happens to be that there's some pain involved and they're calling on their device. And I don't know, but I feel like this, because of these things, I feel like I want answers now. If I don't get answers now, I'm, I'm going to the next phone number, the next website, the next review, you know, who's going to pick up my phone? You know, do you feel that response time when it comes to somebody, especially like what you're talking about with pictures, having a hard time getting pictures, you know, maybe if we're responding faster, maybe that person's already outside and looking or noticing that there's something wrong and they have their phone. And if we respond fast enough, do you think that that uh, plays a role into making things uh, smoother, the response time now is more important than ever, or do you feel that that really hasn't changed much? No, I feel you're you're 100 right. And what I've noticed is um, <clears throat> during this whole COVID uh, pandemic, what we're seeing is people are calling in, and if you can get on the phone with them quickly and and work with them quickly, a lot of them are closing quickly. You know, they want instant gratification. So if you're calling in and they're you know you're talking to them. You're, you're getting your measurements from a satellite while you're on the phone with them. You're talking, they're, they're texting you photos. You could put all this together, then sit down, spend some time putting the estimate together and call them back. It's top of mind. It's what they're working on right now. They're thinking about it right now. You know, they're going to take care of it right now. You know, you got back to them quick. You gave them everything they needed. You discuss what their problem is. You gave them a solution. They're ready to go. Uh, the longer you wait, the more chance they have to find another problem that might be more important to them than their gutter. You know, so if you can get to them while that, that gutter is the most important thing on their mind, you got a better, better uh, shot at closing it right then and there before they notice that their water heater is leaking or their, you know, their dishwasher is not working. So you think that um, the technology that we have in place, plus uh, would you say that the call center that we have, that's, that's a big differentiator. I mean, I don't think there's any other competitors in your territory that actually have somebody answering their phones unless they have a phone service after hours or whatever. But do you yeah. feel that your response time is, you know, because of the call center is super you know, fast compared to what you're hearing out there from your clients and what other competitors are, are doing or not doing? Absolutely. Um, you know, that's the nice thing with the call center is when they call up, they're getting somebody on the phone. They're talking to a real person there and they're able to describe what's going on. They're not getting somebody's voicemail. They're not leaving a message. They're not listening to the phone ring a hundred times and nobody answering. 
there it's you know you're getting somebody right here right now that's going to take care of this for you um and that makes a huge difference because like i said attention spans can be short especially when you know you have a lot of stuff to do at the house and you know maybe maybe they call and leave a message for their gutters and it takes a day or two for somebody to get back to them but in the meantime that front window that was broken or the garage door opener that wasn't working that person answered the phone guess who just got the expendable money they had that week not you that's a great point so our competition is not always our competitors our competition is the whatever project just trumped the importance of the one that we were thinking we wanted yeah right and here the the moral of the story is we all have access to the same technology that that same that same guy might have the latest iphone but he didn't clear his messages and then the other person might answer every phone call. So it's, it's not about having an iPad. It's not about having the latest phone or even really good software for your company. It's about utilizing it and it's about solving problems for your clients quick. Um, I'm somebody that I, I'm very tech savvy. If I get on the, the phone with a plumber and he said, hey, listen, if you're able to send me four pictures from left, right and center, I can get you a quote very quickly. I'm like, done. Where somebody else might be like, yeah, can you just come out you know, okay, done. Either one, done. And I do think that we have to be ready for both. I, I think especially coming out of this COVID that people are not going to necessarily want to meet right away. That, you know, some people have lost people or gotten sick themselves or just really scared of, you know. So I think having these options moving forward, being um, a tech focused or tech first company, we used to say we were like a marketing first company, but we really are a tech first company. Um, the technology and, and Ken, I think said this years ago was, you know, whenever you can invest in something, it's technology is always something you should invest in always, but future proofing, what does that mean? And being a franchise, I think that's one of the biggest things that we take very seriously is how do we future proof this thing? And, um, everything that we've talked about, I mean, we're able to do a franchise, um, wide update when we moved from, um, hosting our own email on our own website to um, moving it to the exchange server through Microsoft, guess what? It was a pain in the butt. And, and we had to figure all that out. We had to work with the IT and then we had to work with our franchisees to then get them to reconfigure their email and move over to this new one. It, it's a pain in the butt, but guess what? It, it was worth it, you know, sitting where we are now, especially among a, a, a pandemic. So what I noticed early on and Ken and I noticed when we first franchised in 2015, um, we were going to all these franchise shows and these were seminar based shows. You pay money and you go and you hear on how to improve your business and, 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 and franchise support and all that stuff. And what was really alarming to us at first was that we're sitting at a table with, you know, whether they're service based or whatever, and they might've had two, 300, a thousand units or locations or franchises. And what was kind of crazy was they were talking about how they were having a hard time getting reports from their franchisees. They weren't submitting them. They were still using paper-based things. And, and Ken and I felt really cool about ourselves for a second where we're like, oh my gosh, we're completely paperless and we're digital and man, we can see everything in real time. But it kind of hit us a little bit later. It's like, it's not because they don't want to. I mean, imagine if we were in business for 50 years, you know, or we went back down to, uh, to, 1999 when Ken started, if we had a hundred franchises, then I cannot imagine what it would be like to be constantly changing and getting every single person to move with the next iteration of technology. So I, I had a newfound respect for the um, companies that have to 
go over that technology hurdle and get their franchisees system-wide to embrace it. But what I can say is being a, um, a young franchise and, and emerging and having that stuff figured out beforehand, it has really given us a leg up that since we are all on a platform that if we, if and when we want to just change our CRM, that's going to be pretty easy. We're converting it from one database. We already have all the info. It's just data that's got to get sent to a new thing. And obviously we got to learn it, but I would say um, that, that has been really huge for us um, in this is, is being kind of technology first. We have a foundation in technology. So as we grow, it's easy to continue to plug and play. Uh, technology is here to stay and we live in the age of information and things are happening so fast that when you have that established, especially in a franchise system, what's so awesome about having a franchisor as a true backer of your company is that they're able, that's their job. That's our job. Our job is to navigate those things so that we can make the call center better so that Danny, I mean, Danny, can you imagine if you had to answer your phone and, and schedule all the estimates that came in all the time for your schedule and, and book them and figure that out and route it and, and do all that stuff. I mean, I don't think you'd be able to, to do as many estimates as you do. And it would just be, I mean, you'd have to hire probably a personal secretary to do it for you. If, if you were to do the volume of sales that you, that you've done uh, in, in the in past years, I mean, it's pretty amazing what you guys have accomplished uh, selling just gutters. Um, but what, I mean, what do you think, Danny? What is no, I mean, it's huge. The fact that you have a, a whole team behind you, you know, is, uh, is massive to, to try to, to go out and do what we do as a team, as one person, it, you can't do it. It just cannot be done. There's no way you could keep up with it. Um, I mean, maybe if you tried, you'd get a week or two before you jumped off a bridge. But I just couldn't fathom the idea of trying to trying to keep everything organized and, and you know it's uh the volume alone you you just wouldn't be able to to maintain. And you know, if you want to hit the numbers that we're shooting to hit, you know, you're not you're not doing that as a one uh you know, a one man team. You need a whole team of people behind you to even get close to the numbers that we're shooting for and getting. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I saw on the feed that I'm a part of on Facebook in a, in a group of gutter guys. And one guy said, oh, nobody can sell better than an owner. And I was like, oh, I wanted to comment on that. Man, that guy is, the guy is so wrong because a, a, a true salesperson, you know, if an owner is wearing all these other hats of scheduling the estimates, answering the phone when it rings, doing the jobs, making sure the guys have everything they have, loading trucks, ordering material, and the list goes on and on and on, and I don't need to list it all, but it's a lot. You know, yeah. it's a lot, and I know because I did it. I did it for 10, 11 years myself um, doing all those things, and, and then marketing and all the other things. That list goes on. Um, you know, that's, that, it's a huge undertaking, in the, and, and, and being able to scale a business, if that's what that per, a person's goal is, to scale your business and to be able to create more opportunity and get to multiple trucks and things of that nature – there's no way that you can sell better than somebody like you, Danny. I could never sell as much as you because my brain is, is in so many different places. You know, I mean, I, you know, back when I was doing it that way, I mean, somebody who is a, a professional salesperson, I, I never followed up like you guys did. I didn't even know what a next step agreement was. 
You know, I never did all those things. And plus the, the technology wasn't there either. Um, you know, can you, can you speak a little bit to that? It, you know, I, I guess it can work for somebody. It just depends on what they want with their business. But, you know, I really feel that if somebody wants to grow their business and is an owner of a business, that's one of the tool belts that you need to drop off very quickly um, because sales guys can run circles around owners. Yeah, I mean, I think I get what the guy was saying as far as, you know, nobody's going to nobody's gonna pitch your company like you because nobody knows it like you. But the problem with that is volume. You know, you're, you're so limited to what you can get to that, um, you know, on that side, he's just, he has no argument. Um, yeah. You know, no disrespect to the guy. I don't, I'm not even sure who it is, but you just can't, you can't be expected to hit large numbers. And, and you know, if, if he's okay with where he's at with the, you know, whatever his yearly number is, that's great for him. But if he's looking to grow, he's not going to do it on his own. He's going to need people. And, you know, one of the, the first things I think you need is a salesperson, you know, somebody that's dedicated to go out there and focus on it. And, you know, a lot of times the sales, if you don't get them on the spot, it just requires a little bit of nudging. So think about all the times where, you know, these owners have just dropped the ball. Like, ah, oh, you know what? That guy didn't close. He's not going anywhere. I can't tell you how many times I've called people back, even though I didn't want to, because in the back of my head, it was, this isn't going to end up going anywhere anyway. You know, and then you call the person back and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm ready to go, but I think I need to add this, this, and this to it now. So now that client that you were willing to walk away from because you're pretty sure it wasn't going anywhere, you just did your job, did your follow-up, and suddenly now, you know, an $800 job is a $3,500 job because they need more from it, you know. So yeah. that's where the salesperson is going to come in. That's their job is to, to follow up. And usually owners don't have that time that you just said, you know, we're thinking about the next estimate, the next job, the next thing I got to do, and I got to get this thing done. So I can't really put a bond and rapport and put all those little nice little bells and whistles and things that you're able to, to promote value, right? There's just no yeah. time to promote value. Um, so, yeah. And we have the data. I mean, having 12 locations and um, a mix of owners that sell and, and, and salespeople, it definitely runs the gamut. I can't say that the um, salespeople always outsell the owner. I mean, obviously everyone makes, you know, different decisions and they have different salespeople, but overall um, the owners that get out of selling um, typically once they get the right salesperson, I can tell you that any salesperson, um, but once you get the right person, they absolutely destroy uh, what the owners were able to do. Danny, I mean, you have, I mean, you, you rose to the top very quickly. I mean, one of your best years, you sold over 1.6 million, right? So yeah, honestly, um, tell, tell us about that. I could, I could never, I know I've been doing this business for 21 years, been in construction my whole life. I don't think I could ever do that unless I was totally like in a position to focus on sales a hundred percent of the time. There's it's, it's a huge accomplishment. And uh, you know, tell us about that. That honestly, that that's not my accomplishment. That's a team's accomplishment. It's not, you know, I could never take credit for that solely because I couldn't, couldn't have done it solely. You know, um, I always tell people all the time, I'm not a salesperson. I was, I was never really a salesperson. Uh, I was a musician, you know, Ken, you know, Ken and I met through that and uh, he brought me on board here. And to be honest with you, I, I really had no interest at first until I came in and met everybody and saw what, you know, what this was all about. And it's, it's a team. It's not a, it's not a lone wolf operation 
there's no way you could hit those numbers without a, a full support team behind you. And to be honest with you, it didn't feel like work. Hmm. It, it just, things just fell into place. You know, everybody was firing on all cylinders. Everything was dialed in and, and working the way it should be. And it just, you know, that, that 1.6 million was never on my radar. That wasn't the goal. It wasn't about hitting a number and breaking a number. It was just doing what we do every day and, you know, and the team all working together. And then I remember getting a phone call. I think Ken called me and he's like, Hey, you're going to hit that goal this year, aren't you? And I, I honestly, I had no idea how far along I was because we were in the peak of our busy season. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I might not have been looking at my tracker as much as I should have because I was following up and chasing stuff. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just remember looking at it going, oh, wow, that, that's within, within reach, you know. And yeah. it, like I said, it, it didn't feel like work because the team is there, the systems are in place, and the machine, when it's working the way it works here, it doesn't feel like work. It just happens. Wow. No, that's awesome. And you just kind of um, – you, you made me remember a bunch of technology. We didn't even highlight the amount of technology that we have in marketing you know, to be able to produce those leads, it's, it's, it's just enormous amount of stuff and time and technology and, and, and programs that we have to be able to get the work for the people in the call center, to put the work on your calendar for you to get it done, to get to the guys. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but as we wind down here, I definitely want to, um, you know, if you're a business owner, it is your job to stay ahead of the curve. And if you own a franchise, it is more than ever your job. You have to be staying ahead of the curve because your franchisees or people are going to be begging for it, um, saying, what about this? There's programs that do that. Why are we doing it this way? Um, you don't necessarily want that pressure. You want to be the one that's ahead of the curve. Um, and Ken and I have been really good at that. I mean, a couple highlights. We were the first ones. I mean, if anyone's been in business long enough, the, eight, the day of the Yellow Pages was awesome. There used to be one way for people to find work. You'd go into the yellow pages and you'd open it up and you'd go to G and you'd find gutters. And then, you know, it was a battle for the ad space, you know, a half page, full color. No, just do a three quarters. They add better right side of the page, left side of the page. Holy cow. But you know what? That was, that's what we had to do. And we were awesome at it. We, we, we started designing really good ads. We started to change it and we started to really take a huge part of the market share, but we were the first ones to notice that it was going to go digital very soon. And the cost to acquire a client through the yellow pages was getting very costly. So we were the first ones to not only have a website, but to learn SEO. I learned how to do SEO and SEM and built the freaking website in the beginning and not to toot my own horn, but that's what it took. And if I didn't have a partner like Ken in the beginning where he was out basically doing the work while I could think and, and put my head around that kind of stuff, we were able to get ahead of our competition and I remember clear as day pulling out of the, the yellow pages and it was dying. It wasn't like we saw it two years ahead of time. We just noticed less and less. They want more and more money and our competition keeps going bigger with their ads. And we were like going smaller. Finally, we just pulled out and we crushed it on, on the internet. We were literally 10 years ahead of them by the time they figured out that it wasn't in the yellow pages anymore. Um, so all of that kind of stuff, um, the, the, at the end of the day, we don't want to be blockbuster, you know? Um, and if you're listening to this and you're like, what's blockbuster, that's <laughs> even better. But you don't want to be left in the dust. People are asking for it. You have to look at what's happening. People are already saying, I don't really want to meet with you. Like, can't you just 
like do an estimate over the phone. Like, I mean, you've done uh, how many thousand, you've been in business since 1999 and they're right. Ken, me, you, we could look at a house from the driveway and guess within probably a couple hundred bucks how much the, the project will be, but we don't want to commoditize our business that much. But if that's what they're asking for, we can't stay in and say, you know what? I only do estimates when there's two people there. We still have people that do that. They want both decision makers and they're going to do this high pressure sale and make them watch a DVD while they're measuring. Guess what? People have been moving away from that for a long time. You have to be listening to what people want and then you want to be able to be able there to be there to react so that we can provide the service they want, still continue to give the value that we want as a, as a company and basically change with the times um, so that we are in business in a few years. Because guess what? Some of these young bucks coming up, they're, they're nimble. You know, they're nimble. They, they don't have a huge company. They don't have to convince 10, 12 other people to do something. It's also just as tough, but you could be left in the dust if, you know, I remember, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on, but I got a little bit passionate here. I know so many people that are out of work. They were contractors for 10, 15 years and they would brag. I never advertised. The only advertising I ever did was these pens. I don't have to. All mine's word of mouth. And when the word of mouth dried up with the internet, and they were literally out of business. I know people that are not even in the trades anymore that were very successful business owners, but they did not see the writing on the wall. Uh, like we discussed earlier, their heads were too close to the business where they were doing the sales, the install, that they couldn't see it changing around them. And then when it dried up, they're like, I need to get a website. And then they, I, clear as day, we could probably do a whole nother thing. But basically, we have to stay ahead of the curve. We rely on people like you, Danny, our clients. Everyone is telling us where it's going. We just have to listen and do it. It's very hard to survive uh, something like this or some of the things that we've went through without a team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, that I love about what we're doing and how we're changing the industry is that, you know what, you know, I don't, it's not about me. It's not about Ryan. It's about guys like Danny and, and, and other people that are on our team and other franchisees that are passionate about gutters and wanting to make a difference in the industry. Uh, and I, I think that's something that, you know, makes it easier for, for guys who might be struggling is that, hey, there is, there is something out here that can help you. And, and we could all put our heads together on this. And, um, you know, that's one way when something like this can happen, we can, instead of it happening to us uh, and us having to go on the defense or on the offense, we have somebody that's already done that kind of work and legwork for us. Uh, or we have a group of people or team members that are professionals in different areas of the business. We have professional marketing people. We have, pro and there's professionals within that that there's professional sales guys and professional uh, business strategists on our team, uh, professional people that are trained to answer phones and that's what they do every day and they love it. Yeah. You know, that's the difference between, um, you know, I, I, I could never go back to being an installer, owner, operator, installer uh, after knowing what I know now because um, it can be a lonely pay place when something like a pandemic happens or a great recession happens, um, mm. or the dot-com dot-bomb happens. All these things have happened within our lifetime. 
Yeah. Um, and having a team is really what helps you to survive uh, these things and come out uh, better for it on the other side um, because you're all helping each other. And I really think that that's something that's super important right now, even though we're social distancing and, and, and pretty much quarantining, uh, I think team, teamwork is more important than ever. And you don't have to be out there alone. You don't have to, to do these things alone. There's plenty of people, you know, imagine having, having it your own spot where you can call a guy like Danny who sold a million dollars, you know, in, 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 in revenue many times over through his career here at Brothers Gutters and be able to talk to that person or not even you talk to him, but you be able to have your sales rep be able to talk to somebody like him on a regular basis and associate with that person. I mean, how yep. awesome is the power and leverage of that kind of knowledge uh, yep. right there? And that's really what it is. It really helps us to close these knowledge gaps uh, mm. that we have in our industry. Um, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it happening. I'm seeing it on the forums and social media. Yep. I'm seeing guys that really care, uh, which is great. And it's encouraging to see. But imagine what we could do if we could really join forces together. Yep. Uh, the opportunity is amazing. I, I can't even list all the different things that we could do. It's true. And it is Franchise Friday, so we do talk a little bit more in depth on the franchise, the opportunity. And um, yeah, uh, we love the idea of uh, guys that are in the business converting to a Brothers at Just Do Gutters franchise for basically all the reasons that we listed in this podcast today. And um, I love the analogy our business coach gave us recently. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your business and let's say you're on the beach and your job is installing and doing everything, you're literally on the beach. You're, you're in it. You're like building the sandcastle. You can't see very far. But then a little bit further back, um, you have people that are on the beach that they might just be sitting there and they can look. They can see the water. They can see, you know, the sand. And they might be able to see a shark or something that's a little bit further out that you can't see. Um, and then what's really cool is you got the lifeguard, you know, that you got the lifeguard that's the highest up that he can see the furthest. And I feel like we're even, we're at that place in the franchise and even a little bit higher, you know, where we can see maybe the geography or the whole, um, you know, the, 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 the tsunami that's coming in from farther away that's not going to affect that beach for a couple days. So that's what it's all about is how far can you see in your business and the more involved you are um, in it, the, the, the less you can see. So I think that's one of the biggest advantages of joining um, the brothers at Just Do Gutters or even any franchise is that they've done a lot of that stuff. They've already figured out um, the best way to build a sandcastle or, or, or whatever it is. And now it's all about not letting things happen to you and not playing defense all the time, but you know, strategizing that, that offense. So our biggest goal is to help people to go from zero to 100 miles an hour as quickly as possible. And we've already seen it. You know, we've seen some of our franchisees do in their first one to five years, took us 15. And we didn't even do it as profitably as they've been doing it. So that's what's been unbelievable is Ken and I had to bang our head against the wall for years. Danny, you had to bang your head against the wall for a few years as we're, we're still evolving, you know. And now the collective of all of us doing this over and over, when somebody signs up day one, holy cow, they're getting to where we were in 10, 15 years in a, in a year or two. And that's the cool thing about franchising. Franchising is you have somebody that is like frustrated 
And because all these things keeps popping up and blowing up in my face, like a pandemic, COVID-19, or a broken down truck, or a crash gutter machine, or, you know what, I can't keep up with the phone calls, or I'm just not getting the marketing right, I'm not getting out to my target audience, or whatever it is, all these minds keep blowing up in my face, and being self-employed really sucks. I feel stuck, and I feel burnt out. Um, you know, how do I get around those things? Well, you got you to gotta look at the situation and play the tape forward and then reverse it. When we, have our, when we have our tool belt on, like Ryan said, I only can see the sandcastle right in front of my face and what I'm doing right here, the gutters that are right in front of my face. But when this stuff happens and hits the fan, it's like our whole world is shattered and we're not prepared for it. Or if I fall, I'm not prepared for it. I don't go out on my truck and put up my ladder and think that I'm going to fall today, but it can happen. And what if, what, what if these what ifs happen and you don't have a team, you're pretty screwed. Um, you know, and that's, that's what it comes down to is really being a good steward and being a good planner and making sure that, you know what, I got to really put these thoughts down on paper and start to really align myself with something that is not just like so myopic. Um, I really have to think of all these other things of the what ifs scenarios and play that tape backwards and forwards and over again and then work towards getting to a place where i have less risk it's utilizing technology um having it make your business simpler um never more complicated if technology is making gonna make it harder it's not the right technology so make it simple utilize technology build an amazing team um it's all we got for you today Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.